when the people saw the thunder and lightning, and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, we will listen, but do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. you're afraid. I joined the army when I was still a senior in high school and I remember going down to Fort Jackson, South Carolina and I did so for basic training. Now, I had heard things about basic training, that it was going to be really hard, that, that they were going to yell at me, that I was going to get no sleep. It was going to be difficult. And when I showed up, none of that appeared to be true. I stayed in a nice barracks. I ate good food. I, I got plenty of sleep. It really didn't seem that bad until one day when basic training actually started. <laughs> I remember they, they grouped us together and, and they put us on a bus and one of the administrators got on the bus and said, I would advise that you keep your head down. We were like, that's weird. So, okay, so we all put our heads down and, and the bus starts going and it's going for a couple minutes and then it stops and all of our heads are down and the door opens and we feel the bus kind of move. Somebody got on the bus. It turned out that the person that got on the bus, his name was Drill Sergeant Gonzalez. He was a five foot tall, nearly all muscle Mexican man and he was very, very angry. He stepped onto the bus and, and it felt like the bus bowed to him or something. I was like, who is this, this man? And this guy was terrifying. And this guy knew how to say words that I would never dare repeat and string them together. Well, as I'm sitting here with, with my head down, I want to know what this guy looks like because our head's down. And how do I make this happen? And so I'm sitting there on the bus and it's like, maybe I'll just kind of, you know, slightly raise my eyes and then quickly put them back down and he'll never notice at all. And so I do so and I slowly raise my eyes and to my surprisement, what I see when I raise my eyes is his eyes looking back at my eyes. And then things went downhill fast. <laughs> Private Austin thinks he's special. If you don't put your head down, Private, I'm going to... I will let you fill in the blank uh, where that went from there. You know, I remember a lot about basic training. 
And I have forgotten a lot about basic training, but there is one thing that I will never, ever forget, and that is the immense fear I had for Drill Sergeant Gonzalez. You know, what happens to us when, when we find ourselves afraid? You know, fear, it actually kind of hones our senses, doesn't it? When we're afraid, our senses, they, they go into overdrive and we become dialed in on whatever it is that we are afraid of, right? There's this classic story about the kid that goes to bed and he's laying in bed and he pulls his sheets up over his mouth and he's staring at the door to the closet because he knows something is in there and he is afraid. Fear, it, it, it brings our full attention to the thing that we are afraid of. And you see, it's exactly this that the Hebrew people felt on Sinai in our scripture reading this morning. And the thing that they feared was God. You know, we are currently in a sermon series that we're calling Meet Me on the Mountain. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at several different mountaintop experiences in the Bible. And, and what's fascinating is that when God's people find themselves on a mountaintop, God tends to show up and it's usually incredible and life changing. And, and you know, worship, what we're doing here right now is in many ways very similar to a mountaintop experience with God. You know, we believe here that in this space or any space where you find yourself worshiping, that when God shows up, we are never the same. And so this week, we are going to head up probably the most famous mountain in the Bible. And the mountain is Mount Sinai. In fact, several of us uh, got to go to Egypt recently, and we slept on top of one of the Sinai mountains. And it wasn't that great of an experience, just so you know. But I did, I did get two pictures, and here's the first one. This is the Sinai Mountain Range. Now, when I was a kid and I read about Mount Sinai, this is what I imagined. I imagined a desert, flat, and then one big mountain, and then flat. Maybe you had that same picture. But guess what? That's actually what it looks like. It's the Sinai Mountain Range. And in fact, we don't even know which one of those mountains was the exact mountain. However, the next picture I have is a picture of Mount Catherine. It's the traditional place where Mount Sinai may have happened. And for hundreds and hundreds of years, people have thought that the Sinai experience happened on that mountain. Now, let's get you up to speed a second with this story. So the Hebrew people just escaped Egypt, and, and God used his mighty power through Moses and sent the plagues. And, and after the final plague, the death of every family's firstborn son, the Pharaoh in fear releases the Hebrews to go off and follow their God, Yahweh. And God's power is remarkably with and for the Hebrew people throughout the entire book of Exodus. And God's power happens with the plagues. It happens with the pillar of cloud in the day and the pillar of fire at night. And God's power was with them. And God's power was for the Hebrew people. In fact, God uses his power to feed the Hebrew people manna and quail and water from a rock. And to split the sea open so that when they have to cross, they can cross on dry ground through the sea and the river. And then, after all of this, the Hebrew people 
people make it to the foot of Mount Sinai. And then everything changes. God's great power that has been with the Hebrew people all along and for the Hebrew people all along is suddenly, so it feels, turned against them. And it is in this moment that the Hebrew people feel the fear of God. And so what I want to unpack today are three different perspectives in this story. The story is complex. And depending on what character you are in the story, you see things differently and you might understand things differently. So I think there's three helpful perspectives from some of the characters in this story. And there's one question that I want to answer. Why in the world is God scary on Sinai? And the first perspective, the first view I'd like to take a look at is God's view. So we'll start there. So, so the story goes, the Hebrew people make it to the foot of Mount Sinai. Moses goes up and brings down the Ten Commandments. Then suddenly the mountain erupts in wind and thunder and lightning. And I imagine maybe it was a, something similar to our scripture reading this morning. And in, in fact, the only difference is there's a trumpet and, and there's also smoke. The, the smoke, some people would say is, and these are really smart people, so they say the mountain's smoking because there's fire. I know you're like, whoa, I didn't think about that. But the mountain could have been ablaze with fire. It was scary. And the question is, what in the world is God's goal in doing all of this? Well, from the perspective of God, from God's view, God is scary here. So that the Hebrew people could witness God's incredible power. You know, Moses says in this passage that God does this to test his people. You thought about that. If you read this passage, Moses says, God is here to test his people. And you read through it and you're like, well, what in the world is the test? How did the Hebrews know they passed or, or, or if they didn't pass? And that's because the word test here is bigger than just what we see as a test. It's more like an experience. I would say it's like a practice test. You know, our high schoolers, take practice tests. They take practice SATs and ACT tests so that they will have the experience with them so that when they go on to take the real test, they'll have the experience with them so they do a better job. God shows up on Mount Sinai. The way he does, God is scary. So to give the Hebrew people an experience, a practice test of himself. And God has come to reveal his true power to his people. And God wants the Hebrew people to experience him, especially his great power, so that they know just how big this God is. And you know, as Christians, we don't worship an underwhelming God. You know that, right? God is not underwhelming. God is, is real and is on the move and can do immeasurably more than we often realize. And when we experience God, we cannot help but move forward as different people. En encountering God actually changes us. It's really what this whole series is about. It reorients us. We see life differently. 
You know, many, many Christians, and perhaps this is true for you as well, have stories of encountering God. And those stories never leave them unchanged. Perhaps you have that story. I know that I have that story. And God needed to reveal himself to the Hebrew people, and God was scary. God was scary so the Hebrews would remember God's. In this moment on Sinai, the Hebrew people would never, ever forget it. It'd be imprinted on their minds forever. The Hebrew people would never forget the Sinai moment. They would carry that with them for the rest of their lives. And you know, this is something that happens to us too. When we encounter God, whether he's scary or whether he's not, we never forget the encounter. Have you encountered God? Now, there's, there's another perspective here that, that we need to look at as well. And that is the perspective of, of the Hebrew people in this story. Because as they sit and witness all this, they see it differently than perhaps maybe even God does. You know, here, here's how it goes. They're standing at the foot on Sinai. God gives the Ten Commandments. And I'm sure they thought, wow, that's pretty neat. God gave us the Ten Commandments. That's pretty cool. You know, read it with his own finger. It was kind of cool that he did so. And as they're sitting, they're like, wow, that's cool. Suddenly, clouds roll in. The sky goes dark. A giant storm rolls in. The wind is blowing hard. In fact, maybe it was blowing so hard that they could have hardly even stand up. And then the booms come. The thunder and the lightning, and it's blinding to their senses. And at this point, they're like, whoa, this is scary. But that's not all they hear. Suddenly, out of nowhere, there's a trumpet that blows and it pierces their ears and the mountain suddenly erupts in smoke and even perhaps fire. And then at this point, they are paralyzed with fear because they know that this is God's doing. And they know that if God in this moment decided to end them, they know beyond a shadow of a fact that he could do so. And here, they are truly scared But do you know what scared them most in this moment? You know, in that moment, they came to the realization right then and there that they were not worthy enough for God. They knew the only reason God's got scary in their time was because someone displeased them and they knew that they were not worthy. They knew that there was sin in their lives and God was not happy about it. In the midst of the madness of this mountain, the Hebrew people probably saw all their flaws and iniquities and sins and shortcomings flash before their eyes. God was scary. So the Hebrew people would see sin in their lives. You know, in fact, this passage on Sinai has some similarities to to another passage. And we'll unpack that. It's Genesis 3, 8 through 10. This is what it says. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 
And he answered, I I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And so you have Adam and Eve, they sin, they eat from this forbidden tree, and they suddenly hear the sound of God in the garden. I wonder what that sound sounded like. I wonder if maybe it sounded a bit like Sinai. And when they heard God, maybe it was like a storm. Do you know the first thing they realized? That they were naked. That they needed clothes. They felt shame because of their bodies. They knew in that moment that they had disobeyed God. And they feared him because they knew that he knew. And so they hid. You know, God in the scriptures, creates people. And he creates them in his image. In the image of God, the very first calling that God gives people is to be God's reflection to the whole world. To be the image of God. The reason Adam and Eve felt fear is because they saw themselves for the first time and they realized that they no longer reflected God. They were naked. And when we sin, our imaging of God changes. And we no longer reflect God like we should. And when God shows up in our lives, all the flaws and sins and hurts that we've caused come flooding into us and it's like looking at ourselves in the mirror for the first time. Because God is great And God is perfect, and we are not that. The Hebrew people on Sinai were scared of God because they knew that God saw them for what they really are, sinful, sinful on the inside. So because of that, they stayed away from the mountain. They did not dare head into the darkness, the thick black unknown, no way, because this scary God found them out, and they feared the consequences But you see, the Hebrew people in this passage, I think they missed the point. They missed what God was trying to do. And that's why we need our third perspective, our third view, and that is Moses in this passage. You know, I love what Moses says. He says, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Essentially, if you just heard that, do not be afraid so you can be afraid of God. Does this not make sense to us? It it doesn't. It's contradictory. What in the world is Moses trying to say? In other words, God is scary so the Hebrew people would not be afraid of him. This God doesn't want to harm you. This God wants to help you, to love you, to guide you. With this scary God on your side, you will have nothing to fear and we won't sin. With this scary God on your side, we will have confidence to take steps into the unknown. But the Hebrew people, they just couldn't do it. 
They just couldn't trust this God. Trust Moses? Sure, we'll trust Moses. Trust God? Are you kidding me? I'm not sure about that one. You know what, Moses? Why don't you head into the darkness and we'll stay out here because I just don't trust that God. And you know, maybe this morning you feel a little bit like the Hebrew people. You know, maybe this morning you're sitting here and you're not sure that you can trust this God. And so because you can't trust him, you're like, next steps, it just isn't going to work. Moving near God maybe even feels terrifying to you. Maybe we're looking at ourselves this morning and we see all of our shortcomings and we just know that, you know, we have probably sinned away our days of grace. They're gone You think there is no way this God would ever do anything for me. This God can't even be in the same room as me. But you see, in the scriptures, God does something different. God does the incredible. To prove that even in our mess of a life, that God wants to be with you, and that God is even for you. And God does this by doing something utterly unbelievable. You know, instead of us fixing ourselves up so then we can go face God, no, no, it happens differently. Jesus is God coming to us. In the midst of our sin and our badness and however you want to describe it, God doesn't expect you or me to clean ourselves up first so we can go visit with him. No, 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 no. God comes to us in our mess. And the most stark image of that, I think, is the cross. In the incarnation, that God wants to be with us so that he actually becomes one of us in our mess. It's ridiculous. God doesn't, gods don't do that, but this God, this God does. And that leads us to our last point. God is scary in the scriptures towards the Hebrews so they could step into the unknown You know, when we realize the bigness and the power of God, when we realize that God is scary and we realize that this scary God is with us, we can have the confidence to take the steps into the unknown, the blackness, the void, the unknown in our lives. We can actually make those steps with this God on our side. You know, I don't know if if you've been watching the news much or you're really up to date, but there's a big day coming. It's called Election Day on Tuesday. And some of us in this room are a little concerned about it, are we not? Some of us might even say that we're a little afraid of what's coming. You know, I don't know if we're scared of Tuesday. I think we're scared of Wednesday because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, some of us are in that dark void right now in our lives. You know, some of us are trying to start a new career. Some of us are trying to end one. You know, some of us are, are going through perhaps a divorce or, or a bankruptcy. And some of us have children that are just not doing what we raised them to do. And some of us have just received that diagnosis. And all of us, we just don't know what's next. There is a lot of darkness and we don't know what's next. But guess what? 
that we have a big, powerful, scary God that is with us along the way. You know, Sinai is the place where God proves just how big and scary he is and that he's actually with us. We don't have to fear him. We don't have to fear anything. We have God on our sides. Let me end with this. What do you do when you're afraid? What do you do? You know, I think Mount Sinai says that, that we remember that we have a big God that is much more scary than any of our fears, elections, or whatever it may be. We have a big God that is on our side that has control of this world. It's on, he's on our team. Do we actually feel that way, though? Let's pray. God, we thank you for these mountaintop stories of you revealing yourself in amazing and powerful ways and just watching as the people of God can't help but live differently because of it, God. And God, we're thankful that, that all your power and your might and dare we might say scariness God, is not against us, but it's for us. God, we pray that as we step into this next week and it's full of unknown and fear and anxiety, God, that you are there and you're with us and you're guiding us and your power is made very known to us. God, we're thank you for your son where all of that shines at its brightest. We're thankful for the cross. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.